forget. Her fucking child. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. This is a Crime Crack Podcast with your hosts, Jory. And Joni. We are brother and sister, and we talk about murder. Well, sometimes other things, like... Well, true well, crime. We talk about true crime. Yeah, at death, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> crime Crack. Come get your fix. Yes, come and get your fix. Your fix! <laughs> Joni, what's our subject today? Okay, so our subject today is... Uh, famous people who committed murder or possibly committed murder. It's widely believed they committed murder, <laughs> as it were. And we're going to do something different today, right? Yeah. So tell them about that. Today, we're <laughs> Joni's just doing it. Tell them why. Because I am. He's an, lazy. No. I'm I am not lazy. Oh, oh, well, you know. There's that. And I'm not lazy. Um, now, his work's been really, really busy, and mine... I've literally been sitting on, like, three episodes worth of content that I have not had time to edit because work has been so insane. We recently fired somebody, so now it's all Well, he on. was useless anyway, right? Yes. <laughs> um, but now it's like... He was a good doorstop. He, he stopped customers. He could answer the phone. And now my coworker are not only doing everything important... But his crap that... Yeah, now we're also catching... He actually did do as well. ...with the two-cent questions like, Hi, do y'all fix dead dogs? Uh, no, this is not the Pet cemetery. Um, right. I need this goodbye. one part. It's kind of round. Can you figure out what it is for it's, me? It's, I need that one bolt. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, you know what? They don't make that anymore. They don't make bolts? Nope. Nope, no bolts. No bolts. Um, you can go to a utility trailer. <laughs> right. Call them. They'll be able to help you. Call them. They've got all of them. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's just been a little crazy, and yeah, I found some stuff I wanted to do, but it, I just, it just wasn't, I didn't have enough time to filter through the ones I liked, and then some I would just get a bunch of, like, oh, this looks really cool, blah, blah, blah. And there's not a lot of information. And, well, and then it's just like, and actually all the um, the superstitions, all oh, the yeah. things people think happened. Right, right, Never right. happened. Right. Oh, I hear you. So what you believed, then it wasn't actually Yeah, like all the happened. Bigfoot believer people. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, he just died. Okay, right. never mind. And he does all the editing. And so I have, I don't know how to do all that. I just don't. And at work, I can do my research when we're not busy. I have 12-hour shifts. Yeah. So it's just easier for me to research and do the topics. And it's easier for him to find time to do just the editing. We shouldn't even call it, uh, like, famous people who got... Dang it. I almost gave away what it was before we said it. Uh, famous committed people, murder. Famous people who committed murder. Um, we should just call it the subject you do. True. Yeah, cause since it's just going to be one, it'll be easier for yeah, people we'll to just search. Call it that. Yeah. So, okay. So, my famous person who is, for the most part, widely believed to have committed murder uh, is Sid Vicious. No, 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 no. Exactly. Except so, he played bass, so it's more like boom. Yeah, he played uh, drums in one band too, actually. So weird. yeah, he and he was saying skinny. in one, in one. I'm sure it was not well. Yeah, but who cares? It's punk, you know. Yeah, it's all, well. The early punk was just like. Yeah, well, he was a good. They said like he put on a really good show. Yeah, like, he was, he a, good, would, he was uh, a good performer. Right. Yeah, they said Showman. that. Um, I was watching lots of documentaries and reading lots. He was of very stuff. lively. Yes, and when they they brought him on the band, he replaced this guy named Glenn. 
that is not a punk name. Not at all. Well, Sid Vicious, that's not his name either. But no, anyway. of course not. Um, no one's fucking named that. Right. But they said that when he would perform on a, a show that if he was like on, say, the, the right hand side mm-hmm. of the stage, that everybody would pack on the right hand side of the stage to watch Sid and be close to Sid. Yeah. That also, you're a bass player in a punk band. You yeah. do like three notes the yep, whole time. Right. So he had plenty of time to Yeah, just, he would like cut himself and like be bleeding. Yeah, and, and like throw his bass around. I mean, it's yeah. the basis of what... Uh, basis. <laughs> it's basis. the basis of what... <laughs> you know, uh, live performances is, well, based off are, of. Right, are about. Like, hey, you 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 literally don't do that much. Like, the guitar, they right. can't spin around too much because they'll fuck up. Right, right, right. Uh, you have one line you're going to be hitting for this note. Right. So just kind of, you know, frail around a little bit. Yeah, and to Look begin like with. Look like you like what you're doing. Right. And to begin with, he didn't even play the bass. Like, he couldn't play it all that grand. So he, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, they just picked him because he was, like, one of the biggest fans. Like, a groupie or whatever. He was at all the shows, so they were like, you know what? Johnny Rotten was like, okay, Sid Vicious, he's going to be the the new bass player. So, Okay, so I'm going to start kind of at what happened and then Mm -hmm. go backwards and tell the story from there. So to begin with, Nancy was found dead in the bathroom. She had on Braun. Uh, did we say that he's a part of the Sex Pistols? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I totally didn't say okay. that. He yeah. is. He's a bass player for the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. The famous... <coughs> the famous band. The famous British punk band. From London. Yeah. Yeah. And it was big, big, big in the 70s. Yeah, it was a big thing. When they would do tours... When they did their first tour in America... Yeah. They came over... No one... Like, like no one had really even heard them. They just knew Sex Pistols was like anarchy, blah, blah, right, blah, blah, Right, 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 right. They didn't even... Yeah. It was kind of like Marilyn Manson was right. in the 90s. They're, the band name just you yeah know. you couldn't name one of his songs but you knew oh i don't like this this stands for bad things right right anarchy and yeah yeah definitely and the way they dressed they brought a whole like genre yeah a whole new yeah they brought genre especially the, like london punk yeah that's where and the, it's where it started like, yeah the heart yeah. of punk was in london yeah and Nancy actually was from the united states and really? she had mm-hmm, she traveled to britain with another punk band, not a, I can't remember which one. I've written it down somewhere. We'll get to that. She traveled there to London and she was going, she tried to sleep with Johnny Rotten. Like they were all three laying in the floor. It was Johnny Rotten, Nancy Spongent, and Sid Vicious. And she had turned over and tried to have sex with Johnny Rotten and he was like not having it. So she just turned over the other way and started having sex with Sid and he was into it. So, so she that's was like, Sid, she started out as a groupie. Yes, she's a groupie, wow. a prostitute, heroin addict. Yeah. So she was the original. Courtney Love. Yes. And, um, Courtney Love to actually, uh, what's it called? Audition to be Nancy in the movie. Said wow. Nancy. Mm-hmm. Which I think she'd have been perfect because she pretty much is Nancy reincarnated, uh, yeah, yeah. reincarnated as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and what was the one John Lennon's wife? Yoko Ono. Yeah. Yeah, they're all in a group. Courtney Love, Yoko Ono, Nancy Spongen. Yeah. A bad group to be in. It is. Very, very, very. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, you're good. So they actually were living in the Chelsea Hotel, you know, the famous, mm. horrible Chelsea Hotel. We've got to do an episode just Isn't on the it Chelsea. Cursed? It's fucked up. I don't know if it's cursed or not, but my Isn't God, where, a lot of... Um, there was um the uh, Night Lamb? Stalker. Oh, no, you're... Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the girl? And Elisa Lamb? Elisa yes. Lamb, yeah. We've got, we're going to do a Chelsea Hotel okay, episode. Yeah. Actually, fuck a, this. Let's just throw away this whole episode and just start doing it now. I like it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, but we've when I was researching it, we've got to do a Chelsea Hotel episode. It's so period. fucking cool. It's crazy. There's like, it's, I don't know 
what in God's name? So much crap has helped happened at the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. You know, the and American, it's always been shitty. It's never it been is. nice. No, never. And they did, you know, American Horror Story, the hotel version was uh-huh. based on the Chelsea Hotel. Oh, yeah. Which I and thought like was interesting. a million different things. H.H. Holmes was in there. Yeah. Yep. The night that Nancy was murdered and they said that she was laying in the bathroom, like under the sink, sitting up, mm-hmm. like with her head, you know, on the wall mm-hmm. with her bra and panties on and a knife wound in her stomach. Mm. And there was a knife that they found sitting uh, somewhere. I'll have to look. And it had no blood on it and no fingerprints on it. Sid was found that morning roaming around the hotel, just buggered out of his mind. Mm. So that night he had taken, there was a, they said a heroin shortage. They couldn't find heroin around New York. At There's the time. a heroin shortage. In, so yeah, wait, what state are they in? New York, New York. There's a heroin. Sh- wait, that sounds unlikely. Well, in this year, like this particular time, there was a heroin shortage for whatever reason, wow. just all of a sudden. And nobody could find it. So they were having calling people and having them bring different drugs because they were both hardcore heroin addicts. Wow. And Sid, I could never find if Nancy was or not, but Sid was also going to the methadone clinic in the mornings. So mm. he wasn't sick. So I'm not sure what the deal is, but I guess it's all in your mind, right? So um, he's taken two and all, which I had never heard of before. But I looked it up and it's a sedative and hypnotic drug consisting of a combination of barbiturates, amobarbital, and secobarbital in equal proportions. Jesus Christ. Right. And he'd taken, some people said 30 of them. Now, mind you, he is a drug addict. So somebody yeah. like any regular person is going to die. But he had been on I drugs mean, for a long, long time. even methadone in his system. And they tell oh, you I'm not, not done to mix. yet. Oh, shit. Yeah. He also had quaaludes in his system. Where the fuck did he find those? Well, it was 70s. They were around. Goddamn. And that is actually methoquaylone, and it's... An anexolytic, it's a sedative hypnotic drug again. So God he's on two. Yeah. Introduced as a safe barbiturate substitute, but later it showed that the possibility for addiction and withdrawal symptoms were pretty much the same. He had methadone in his system, which we know that is, um, helps you come off of heroin or whatever. Yeah. But if you take it with everything else, you're not supposed to mix it. These are all sedatives. They all bring you yeah, down. Yeah, because methadone, when they give it to you, they're like, don't take weird uh advil like yeah there's different it's a higher likelihood to overdose right because you you won't get high but you can still die yeah and then he had heroin in his system which was probably just from the buildup or whatever and yeah if i had to guess they probably had some left over they were just looking for more they probably had a little bit yeah and um so methadone and then heroin and they were staying in room 100 and they had had a party that night they had a party because they were running out of heroin and nobody could find it so they were Getting oh and Dilaudid he had taken Dilaudid that uh, night too, um, so they're like let's have a party and, and some, see if we can't scrounge some shit up right and whatever you know because any opiates is going to make them not sick it's yeah. going to keep them from being yeah. sick although the methadone and a party will, do will bring out the junkies yes and the Chelsea Hotel apparently two of the drug dealers lived in the hotel I mean you know supply and demand location right. location now has the band broke up or yes is it- this is the band has already broken okay. up and Sid and Nancy came I don't know that much about the band okay well I'm about to get to all okay. that oh I'm sorry. So then Sid it said um, he called 911 and said something's happened, something's happened in room 100. And then a couple other people called 911. So when the authorities converged on this, you know, on this hotel, they found Sid wandering the halls just blown out of his mind Damn. on shit because he had gone to the methadone clinic that morning. 
and came back. And well, when he woke up, he found Nancy. So I guess he went to the clinic and then came back. And mm-hmm. then um, I don't know what all he had taken or whatever, but then called the police. But he, I, I guess, thinking that he would be, if he got arrested, he'd be sick. So he went to the clinic to begin with. And they found, you know, Nancy dead in the in the bathroom. And, mm. and they always think of the boyfriend first. Right, right. And there was like a handprint on the bed but Sid wasn't sleeping in the bed Sid had passed out on this mattress like in the corner Mm. because the people that had gone to the party you know said that he was he had taken 32 and all and was out like he was barely breathing like he was not going to wake up so some people say that he he couldn't have killed her yeah because he was physically unable to get up out of the bed Mm -hmm. and the knife, okay, had no blood and no fingerprints on it. So whoever stabbed Nancy had wiped their fingerprints and Nancy's blood off yeah, of it. No one and nobody stoned. that buggered is gonna yeah. remember to wipe their fingerprints like if you off because it was his to knife. To do it, you wouldn't have had the conscious self awareness right. to wipe it. Right, and it was Sid's knife. It was one that uh, some people say that Nancy bought it for him, and some people say that he bought it for himself. But anyway, it was Sid's knife. If someone else was, and that kind of le- that makes me think more that someone else was doing it right. because I would never kill you with my knife. Exactly. Right. And not only that, but Sid had just got a royalty check for $24,000 for a side project that he had done before they left London. And they had this money in a drawer and it had Nancy's purple hair tie around it. And now everybody in the room that had come for that quote unquote party that night mm-hmm. knew the money was there, knew Nancy's purple hair tie was on there. Okay, when they went in there, Sid didn't have the money on him and the money was gone. And then they saw this guy, he was a drug dealer named Michael. Nobody knows his last name. He got, you know, got the hell out of Dodge, as it were, and he was showing off this money that he had, which had Nancy's purple hair tie around it. And then they also had this drug dealer that came and his name was, well, his name legally changed to rockets red glare like rockets was his first name red glare was his second name and he was in he was like a part-time actor he worked he was he a big fan of the national anthem apparently and the rockets Um, red glare yeah weird and he played in big with um tom hanks really Mm -hmm. wow he's dead now though they somebody said that he was bragging about killing nancy so there was what? way more than one thing. Such, uh, amateur shit. Right, right, right. It's like all you have to do to get away with murder is dump the body in a body of water and don't brag about it. Right, it, right? Don't let Because you never hear about, and then he got caught for not telling the world. Like, everyone yeah. that gets caught always has yammered on at a bar about it. Yep, pretty much. And they did have, like, a violent relationship. Because, well, yeah, they're mind junkies. you, they, I was about to say, mind you, they're junkies, and he would, they were very violent, and she was, people, even her mother called her nauseating Nancy, mm. because she was just so loud, and so just obnoxious, Yeah, and she just bossed Sid around, and like, when they were doing interviews, she, he would be nodding out, because, you know, he's on heroin, Yeah, and she'd be like, wake up she had like this whiny noise voice like wake up we're getting paid to do this interview and you won't keep nodding out i can't believe that and he she just would go on and on and on they're like we're not here for you right (laughs) and she faked this like british accent oh that's hilarious yeah exactly she was she was 20 when she died damn and in an interview afterwards sid said that 21 Mm. Sid said that Nancy, it was quote unquote meant to happen. Nancy's always said she would never live to see 21. 
course, she had been a heroin addict since the age of 13. What the fuck is she doing for money? She was prostituting. That'll do it. Okay. For, I mean, before she met Sid anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's um, actually really sad. <laughs> Nancy died on October the 12th, 1978, and Vicious claimed to have awoken from a drug stupor to find her dead in the bathroom floor of their Chelsea hotel room in Manhattan. And she was suffering from a single stab wound to her abdomen, and she appeared to have bled to death. They said it would have taken three hours for her to bleed to death. Hmm. I, I questioned why didn't she just get her ass up and walk out the door and go get some help? Three hours. Because she clearly was stabbed in the bedroom and made it to the bathroom. Maybe she was doped. Oh, I'm sure she was, yeah. So the knife used had been bought by Sid on 42nd Street and was identical to a 007 flip knife given to punk rock vocalist D.D. Ramone. So he had gotten, D.D. Ramone had the same knife. Um, apparently he was on heroin as well. He had bought the knife after seeing D.D. Ramone's or whatever mm. knife. So Vicious was arrested and charged with her murder and he gave three conflicting stories. One of them he said he didn't remember. One of them he said, I stabbed her, but I never meant to kill her. And then saying they had gotten into an argument that night and Nancy had fallen onto the knife. So he gave three different accounts. Probably from three different levels of sobering up. Probably so. And he may he probably felt very responsible with it being his knife and didn't remember. So he's just trying to kind of... And also you have to remember... He's probably being being interrogated real hard. Yeah. So they're probably because especially back then they the laws are different where mm-hmm. you can't like impregnate their mind and memory right with, with different stuff. things right you right can't, right. You I mean you can lie to them. But oh, you can't. You can still lie to them. Yeah. Oh no. Yes, you can still lie to you them. You can't give them or not supposed to be able to mind you. Yeah. Give them an idea or give them details so they can yeah. they can parrot them back to you and say well, this is how I did it, and yeah. this is what I did it with. Right. Because there's a lot of cases where they had done that to children. Right. And people with, uh, like, mental issues. Right. Like Michael Crow. Yeah, and it will get thrown out of court now. Oh, yeah, and should. So, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. So, on October the 22nd, this is 10 days after Nancy died, he attempted suicide by slitting his wrist with a smashed light bulb. I believe it was Johnny Rotten said they his mom had gone to get heroin because she was mom an addict. Mom of the fucking year. She ended up killing him. Pretty much. She was also a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. And when they came in the house, they said that he's, he's just gut blood is just flowing everywhere. Jesus. And he has like this bottle that he smashed and just like ripped his wrists with. And then mm. he's just like he comes to the door like with his arms open and just blood everywhere. <clears throat> they took him to Bellevue Hospital, yeah. psychiatric hospital, yeah. whatever, where he tried to kill himself again by jumping from a window shouting, I want to be with my Nancy or oh, something similar God, this to is, that. This, I didn't expect the story to be this fucking sad. It, it, oh, it is, yeah. And he was pulled back by hospital staff. In a November 1978 interview, it's where he said that Nancy was meant to die because she was never, she always said she'd die before she reached the age of 21. Mm. When they asked him what he wanted to do, he said, I want to have fun. I just want to have fun. That's what I've always wanted to do is have fun. Well, he was a kid. Yeah. And they said, are you having fun right now? And he's like, you've got to be kidding. No, I'm not having fun right now. And when they asked him where he wanted to be, he said under the ground. God, this is fucking sad. Yeah. He never had a fucking chance. No. She never did either. God. No. Well, she, I I feel like she's the one that killed him because he wasn't a junkie until after he met her. But anyway. Oh, no, no. Sid? I thought, oh, no, no. You said she had been doing heroin since she was 13. Yeah, he... But you said that his mom was also a junkie. Yes. Okay. But he didn't do it. His drug of choice at that time was amphetamine salt, but he didn't do them all the time. There's a lot of, like, musicians that early on did 
Yeah. Speed. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, the Beatles whole, did a lot. Of speed. Oh, I'm sure. Well, that was what the drug, the punk drug was speed. Yeah. And they said kept that you skinny, um, kept you going all yeah, night. You know, Nancy came over to America with this band and I can't remember. I'll look and see. They brought heroin over. She with them brought heroin over to London because before that, like any drug, they'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. Heroin. Hell no. Get that shit away from me. Yeah. But until this one band came over and Nancy came yeah, over with them. They're like, oh, well, they're the big shits. Or something, yeah. And they, they like, introduced heroin to punk rock in London. Uh. So Sid was born Simon John Ritchie on May the 10th, 1957, in Lewisham to John and Anne Ritchie. Ritchie left his dad, and Anne later married a guy named Christopher Beverly in 1965. And Ritchie took his father's first name and his stepfather's surname, also known as John Beverly. And that's what some people call him, like in interviews, John Beverly instead of Sid or whatever. I wonder where he got Sid from. I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay. Richie first met John Lydon in 1973, who would become Johnny Rotten. Um, they were both students at Hackney Technical College, and Lydon describes Richie as as a David Bowie fan and a clothes hound. By 17, Richie was hanging around London. One of his one of his favorite spots was Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood's then little known store clothing store called SX SEX sex that was where all the oh, punks bought their clothing wow yeah. mm-hmm. and so John Lydon nicknamed Richie Sid Vicious after Lydon's pet hamster Sid which was named after Sid Barrett I don't know who that is exactly but he had bitten Richie eliciting a response he said oh my god Sid is really vicious so they called him Sid, Sid Vicious. Vicious. Yeah, awesome. almost as like a because he was so nice and quiet and easygoing and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was like a almost like well, you know you call him Little John when he's taller and shit. Yeah, you know it's Sid almost Vicious ironic. because he's so mean. Yeah. You know, according to Lydon, he and Vicious would often play the guitar and stuff for money. With Vicious playing the tambourine, they would play Alice Cooper covers, and people gave them money to stop. That's great. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Apparently, Vicious began his musical career in 1976 as a member of the Flowers of Romance, <laughs> along with former co-founding member of The Clash, Keith Levin? Levin? Oh, shit. Well, they were in, like, the real punk inner circle then. Right. And he appeared with Susie and the Banshees playing drums as at their notorious first gig at the 100 Club Punk Festival in London's Oxford Street. Wow. Yeah, so he had done a couple things before. With real um, name people. He yeah. was He mm-hmm. was in the groups, yeah. Yep. And so Vicious was asked to join the Sex Pistols after Glenn Matlock's departure in February 1977 due to Vicious being present at every single gig they played. Manager Malcolm McLaren once claimed, if Johnny Rotten is the voice of punk, then Vicious is the attitude. That's awesome. Yeah. This is actually pretty cool. (laughs) And Johnny Rotten also has given interviews after, you know, Sid's death saying, "I, I killed him. I should never, ever have made him part of the band. He feels like it's his Because he got him the finances. Yeah, he he's the one that got him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the reason Nancy was interested at all. Yeah. Vicious was in the band, but he couldn't play all that good and had no bass guitar experience. So guitarist Steve Jones played bass on the band's debut album, Nevermind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols, and Vicious only appeared on two songs, Anarchy in the UK and Bodies. So Which Anarchy Vicious, in the UK was basically the teen spirit of that album. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. He was also absent from the album because he was in the hospital with hepatitis, most likely from, you know, the needle drug use or whatever, because yeah. everything that he... They said you could put anything in front of his face and he would shoot it. He would bang it. Wow. 
Because his mom, you know, had needles laying around everywhere. Yeah. Um, Because she was... He grew grew up around it. Yeah. She found out when she had separated from her husband that if you said you were heroin dependent, you could get this free apartment. And she wasn't at the time, but she went and told him that she was. And then quickly, clearly everyone in this building was heroin dependent. So clearly she quickly became heroin dependent then. During this period, his main visitor would have been his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen, an American groupie and heroin addict he had met in 1977. She was also a part-time prostitute and stripper. She's said to have introduced Vicious to heroin, although he was already, like I said, using multiple different drugs supplied by his mother and Beverly. Mm. Yes. In 1978, the group went on a U.S. tour, which would last only two weeks because of the multiple show cancellations. And deterioration of the group. So Malcolm McLaren, the manager, Sid's heroin use was getting out of control. And he thought that if he got Nancy out of the picture, that Sid would be okay. And, you know, calm down with the heroin and shit. So he came up with this plan to have the Sex Pistols kidnap Nancy, beat her up, and put her on a flight back to America. Now that's a punk manager. Damn right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So they get her and... um, Which you don't have to be. Just put her on the goddamn plane. Right. They get her and they beat her up. And so they get her in this car and they're going down some road, you know, taking her to the airport. And there was just happened to be a cop behind them. And she throws herself out of this moving vehicle screaming, the sex pistols have kidnapped me. The sex pistols have kidnapped me. I've been kidnapped by the sex pistols. And they're like, fucking just go, 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 go. <laughs> Which actually in America at that time would have meant something like sex pistols, basically Satanists. Right, right. So that was, I just thought that was the most hilarious thing. But that's how. That is the most punk manager. Yes. It's like, you know what? And that shows how bad, how, you know, and downhill. Every band member was on board with it. Right. And that shows how fast that Sid went downhill after he met yeah. Nancy. He sounds very easily to influence. He does, yes. And she was very, like, overpowering. Manipulative. Yeah, bad. Manipulative. Nancy Laura Spungen was born February the 27th, 1958, and she was the American girlfriend of uh, Sex Pistols bassist Sid Vicious. And it says a figure of the 1970s punk rock scene, I guess. A negative figure. I I agree. Also a lot like Courtney, as much as Courtney Love was. Right, which is just because someone's Hanger on slash boo. Yeah, slash heroin heroin addict killer bitch. Just a fucking mess, yeah. She was raised in Philadelphia, and she was, you'll never guess this, emotionally disturbed as a child. (gasps) And she was diagnosed with schizophrenia at 15. That actually might explain some of the drugs. It might, yes. And it might explain just a lot of things, but she was expelled from college. She got into college? Mm-hmm. At the height of the punk rock craze and became involved with Sid Vicious, obviously. And they said that their relationship was punctuated by bouts of domestic violence and drug abuse, duh. Get it? Punctuated? Punk. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I like that. And after the Sex Pistols broke up, um, they moved to New York City and checked into the Chelsea Hotel Room 100, where they pretty much just consumed lots of drugs. Because they didn't have any money left over for a real hotel, obviously. Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, why would you want a real hotel if all your drug dealers lived in the Chelsea? I mean, hell, that sounds perfect, right? What did you say? He had just got royalties... What a royalty it, check, like yeah. Like $24,000. $24,000. They could have got into a Marriott. Yeah, okay? but they didn't want the Marriott. They wanted the drug, you know, riddled See, snake pit. Oh, man, I would have to really love drugs to give up on my uh, 
germophobia. Yeah, no shit, though. Like, and is this my needle? So apparently, though, she scored superior on an intelligence test at the age of five, and she skipped the third grade. Damn. Uh-huh. And they said that she excelled academically to begin with, and she, and although then- she did that, she had few friends during her elementary school experience. During her childhood, she exhibited violent behavior toward her younger sister, Susan, but was very caring towards her younger brother, David, as she uh, allegedly threatened to kill a babysitter with scissors and attempted to batter her psychiatrist, who accused her of acting out for attention, which I think is exactly what she does everything for, is attention. At age 11, she was expelled from public school. She was absent from class more than two weeks Weary of her erratic behavior, her parents enrolled her at Devereux Glenholm School, Devereux Manor High School in Pennsylvania. January 1972, she ran away from Devereux Manor and attempted suicide by slitting her wrist with scissors. When she was 15, her psychiatrist, like I said, diagnosed her with schizophrenia. They said that um, they were interviewing, you know, members of Sex Pistols and friends and drug dealers and stuff. And they Mm -hmm. said that she, her and Sid would get in a fight and she would say, I'm going to go in the kitchen and slit my wrists and we'll go in there, slit her wrists and then make dinner. Schizophrenia is a motherfucker. I think she did that kind of shit for attention. No, definitely. I could see that. I mean, I can definitely see where also it just smells like she was molested. Like, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm hearing everything except molested. Yeah. Because the acting out, Mm -hmm. even like. And acting out sexually, because clearly she. Yeah. I mean, in like. All that stuff. Now, schizophrenia can play an element. Yeah. But, like, especially then, schizophrenia could have easily be, been diagnosed on... She'd be like, and my uncle diddled me. You know what? You're probably seeing shit. You know what right, I mean? Right, 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 right. I mean, I may be just seeing into shit too yeah. deep, but it just sounds... I'm like, I keep hearing... I've been waiting for you to say where she was molested. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Because it just sounds like the recipe for it. Yeah. Very true. Very well could have been. Because you're so, if you're that goddamn smart. Yeah. I mean, even if you do get schizophrenia, not get, but you know what you I know, mean. You have it l- but later it's in like, life. It's, it's, you never hear that. Cr- I haven't heard it crop back up yet. Right, right. I don't know. It's very well could be. I mean, it sounds like it mm-hmm. because a lot of them. Because that can stifle your maturity level. Right. And clearly hers was. And clearly, the acting out and all right. that. And, and the drug use also does oh, that as well. definitely. Whenever you start it. using drugs is when you stop growing emotionally and you know you yeah, stop maturing that's period. why you have drug addicts 15 that year like olds talk. that act like 12 year olds yeah. yeah and i'm not talking just like like petty shit i no, mean just like yeah. how their mind works yeah yeah and it, it's not their i mean it is their fault but not their fault at the same time they don't they act like kids because that's what they are because that's they were a kid when they started using drugs so that's yeah. why they act like a child yeah they're not emotionally a 50 year old or whatever and especially the one thing that kind of stands out is the selling her body so early. Yes, yeah, definitely. There's a Big lot red of flag. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I've literally heard people who have been molested talk about or raped yeah, or you yeah. know either or talk about when they begin to sell their bodies. The reasoning behind it a lot was, well, if they're gonna take it anyways, anyway, I might as well get money for it. Get something yeah. for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. They said she graduated from Lakeside High School in April of 1974, two weeks after her application to attend the University of Colorado was accepted. She began attending university at 16, which is very young, so she was smart. But five months into her freshman year, she was arrested for purchasing marijuana from an undercover officer. 
she was later arrested for storing stolen property in her dorm room at the University of Colorado and decided just to expel her and get her out of there. So her father traveled to Boulder and accepted a plea bargain for her, which resulted in her being banished from the state of Colorado. Damn, man, that's actually, that's almost bragging rights. It is, yes. My, I, Nancy Spungen, have been... Ex- banned from, yeah, from a the state. state. Not a city. I'm not a, wanted. Yeah. Like, I don't have a warrant. I'm literally unwanted. I, exactly. <laughs> Stay the hell away from us. After being fired from her first job on the day she began... She was financing herself by stealing from her family and dealing drugs. See, okay, and I'm not trying to make her out to be a victim, but I She's do definitely feel, not. But I do feel like, like, okay, so it cropped back up. She made it into college at a very young age. She mm-hmm. was obviously capable right. and intelligent. Yeah. You can't be that intelligent and not understand your self-destructive behavior. I mean, not understand it, but understand that you're doing it. Yeah. I, she just didn't care, it sounds like to me. But then, I mean, you know, there's just oh, something. Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. Like, you don't care. There's always a reason you don't oh, yeah, fucking care. yeah, of course. There's something else there that I would yeah, love to know. She was, um, you know, wealthy, and they had all of that kind of stuff, so I don't know. Oh, well, you just shot a lot of that. <laughs> wealthy? You, fuck, if they're wealthy, usually it's just a spoiled pain in the ass brat. See, that's where I'm coming from. That's what I see her yeah. as. Yeah. And so she left home at 17 and moved to New York City, where she worked as a stripper and a prostitute. She followed bands such as Aerosmith, Bad Company, the New York Dolls, and Ramones. And in 1976, she moved to London, uh, they think probably to win over Jerry Nolan of the Dolls and the Heartbreakers, but met the Sex Pistols instead. What's so, good, because you don't hear shit about any of them. No, you don't. <laughs> anymore. You don't see anyone wearing the Dolls t-shirt. Yeah. And then, when, like I said, when, she, when Johnny Rotten showed no interest in her, she pursued Sid instead, because he did. And they had a 19-month relationship became together addicted to heroin and that created a codependency mm. which is just a, a well is god a downward nother, spiral disaster another episode we'll have to unwrap one yes, day yes most definitely we really need to have an episode on gaslighting one day yeah definitely it's so fucking crazy yeah and borderline personality disorder is fucked up because that uses gaslighting they use gaslighting like that all the time but anyway the sex pistols broke up in january 1978 and they moved into the Chelsea Hotel in Room 100, and they registered as Mr. and Mrs. John Simon Ritchie. That's kind of funny. Yes. So anyway, not too, I think they said like four months after they moved in, and that was when she was found murdered. How long did they stay at the hotel? I think like four months. What the fuck? Yeah. And he had like some solo. She was supposed to be the quote-unquote manager of his solo career at this point. Yeah, Which okay. is a damn joke, right? Sure. Yeah. You and your 20-year-old ass. Right. So when Sid got arrested and everything, he went to Bellevue and they finally got out. So it was, I believe, hold up. On October the 22nd, 10 days after Spongeon's death, he attempted suicide and got put in Bellevue. He was let out and then on December 9th, 1978, they all went out. For some reason, nobody knows why. For some reason... <laughs> Nobody knows why. Sid attacked Todd Smith, which was singer Patty Smith's brother. And he was arrested that night and sent to Rikers Island. He stayed in Rikers for 55 days in a... Rikers is like a hardcore, isn't it? Yeah, not only that, but it was enforced detoxification. They said he was beaten and raped and all sorts of stuff in Rikers. It was really, really bad. And so finally, Malcolm McLaren put up the $50,000 for him to make bail. 
God damn, dude. And this was February the 1st. So he was in there for 55 days. And on February the 1st, 1979, he got out. And he thought That's that... almost two months. Yeah, I know. He thought that Malcolm McLaren was going to be there, you know, because he put up the bond and got him out. Yeah, to pick him up? Yeah. But Malcolm was in court in London for another matter, like, an, and he had to be there. Yeah. But Sid didn't know that, and he was very upset. He thought it was just... Left. He just didn't. Yeah, his mom came to get him. And it just so happened that his friend Peter Kodak was there as well, like for another reason. But he waited with his mom, you know, mm. to get Sid out or whatever. So Sid comes walking out. And the first thing he says is, do you have it? Do you have it? Do you have it? To his mom. Mom's like, mm-hmm. mom's like, yes, 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 I have it. But we, you know, let's walk to wherever and we'll, you know, I've got it. Okay, okay. So they get to the thing and they, you know, he's anticipating this and he's been clean for 55 days and he shoots it and it's bunk. Mm. It's shit. She's bought crap and he gets pissed. Well, you can't give him full on. No, but she she literally thought it was better than what it was. She oh, just she didn't just know. got screwed. Okay. Yeah. Which happens. I mean, or it could be really, really good and you wouldn't know. It just is a, it's yeah. a crap shoot with heroin. You never know. Yeah. It's a roll of the dice. Right. And it could look the exact same, yeah. but be really, really good or way, way worse. <laughs> right. And I promise you the people that sell it, they'll say, oh, I tried it. I tried it. They don't because they're not idiots. No. <laughs> they know better. Yeah. They're in the process of trying to find some more. So we asked Peter, can you get some more? He's like, look, let me try. I'll try and I'll get back to you. So they go to this other person's house that like two people in the residence sell heroin but they tell him nope we don't have any like sorry man they did have some they said but in retrospect he says he wished he would have went ahead and sold it to him because it wasn't all that great Mm -hmm. but he was like look he's been sober you know he's he's trying to stay out of trouble and no i'm not going to give it to him no i don't have any they were trying to look out which kudos for them i mean yeah not a lot of heroin addicts would tell you or dealers for that right exactly because that's how they make their money and that's how they get their heroin so so then they somehow or other he got a girlfriend said her name was michelle in between Nancy's death and everybody getting arrested and him, you know, getting out, he had gotten this other girlfriend. They are putting together like a little get together because Sid got out of out of prison. Yeah. And so Sid's Welcome just waiting home. to hear from Peter. So he kind of calms down about finding heroin because he feels fine. You know, he's not yeah. sick or whatever. And he's glad to be out of jail. So they go to this person's apartment for this little get together. There's only like six people there. But they said Sid's in a great mood. He's jumping around playing air guitar, talking about his solo career. You know, Michelle's there. He's happy. Mm-hmm. And they said that he nobody had seen him like that in a very long time because yeah. he'd always been nodding out with Nancy and, you know, or fighting. Or then mourning her death. Right, right. And saying, you know, I want to be with her and trying to kill himself. So this yeah. was odd, but it, nobody thought anything about it. But they say, when I was researching it, they said that, a lot of people that commit suicide, they've already decided I'm committing suicide. And they've then come it's to terms like, with it. Right. And it's like a um, weight being lifted off their yeah, shoulders. Yeah, because you don't have any more responsibilities, no more worries. Right. So you're it's happy the last day for of a school. little while. Right. You're like acting way happier than normal, almost like a period of mania before yeah. the depression. Yeah. You know, they're having fun or whatever. And then Peter comes back. It's like uh, pretty late. Sid, you know, then was like, did you get it? And he's like, yeah, I did. So Peter says that he bought it from this lady he had never bought from before. It was good, but he didn't know how good. He didn't try any or whatever. So they, him and Sid go into the, the bedroom to, you know, for him to bang this, this heroin. And Peter's like, look, they said it's really good, so be careful. And he doesn't do as much as he would have, like, right before he went to jail. Yeah. But immediately turns, like, white and then, like, goes and throws up, I think, three times. And then he goes in the bedroom and 
just falls on the bed and Peter goes in there and he was overdosing. So he gets him up and moving around and he's like coming out of it, you know, but for a while they can't, you know, it's scary. It's touch and go. And the hospital, I think they said was less than three blocks away. So they told his mother, look, we need to take him. And she said, no, no, we're not going to do that because the, you know, he just got out of jail and you know, he's Sid vicious. It's not like he's just nobody and they're going to come and they're going to know, and they're going to lock him back up and no, you're not taking him. So they gave him some water, you know, got him up around and moving, and he was fine. I mean, they said like just 10 or 15 minutes after he finally, you know, they were not worried that he was going to die. Yeah. I want another one. I want some more. And Peter's like, no, nope, no, mm -mm. it's gone. You did it all. I guess he wasn't paying attention or like Peter fixed it for him or something. Yeah. And so he was like, man, okay. You know, and went on about having fun. Peter said he left around 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. He pulled Ann, Sid's mom, to the side and was like, look, I do have some left. Sid doesn't know that. Here's this. Do not give him any more tonight. He will die. It turned out it was 95% pure, which is goddamn unheard of. Yeah. So the mom said, okay, okay, okay. He's like, look, don't give him any more. As far as Sid knows, it and is she gone. she was a junkie. She knew. Yes. Oh, yeah. This yeah. wasn't, she wasn't no. ignorant. No, not at all. She said, okay, and took it. And Dave and them, not Dave, Peter, Peter. and them left. And then the next morning, Sid was dead. Wouldn't he shot you, some more that night. Wouldn't you want to fucking hit his mom? Yeah. And they, they, it goes back and forth with, you know, giving him a, did she give him a hot shot? On purpose, mm, or yeah. did she just when he asked for more, she just give it to him? Like what happened? She Being we the never same know. Shitty mom, she's always been right. And uh, why didn't she use it? Because if I, you know, if I was a junkie and they handed me that good of heroin, yeah. um, yeah, because that's also something you're not thinking about. This whole story, right? Is that she's a junkie, right? And and she's getting her rock star son's good shit passed around here, right? And how's it's her stash odd. looking? Exactly, you know? exactly. And being a junkie. Wouldn't she have known who was giving her bunk and who wasn't? Like to begin with, like yeah, I mean she li- she actually lives in that area, right? Exactly. So it's just really odd to me. I don't know. The whole thing's odd. And then she says that she found a note in Sid's pant pocket. Bullshit! Bullshit! I call bullshit. It read, uh, yeah, Beverly claimed after Sid was cremated, she found a handwritten note in the pocket of his leather jacket, and it read, "We had a death pact, and I have to keep my half of the bargain." Please bury me next to my baby. Bury me in my leather jacket, jeans, and motorcycle boots. Goodbye. Bullshit. Yeah. I think that's bullshit. And I mean, a lot of... Okay, so in her defense, a lot of people no, die... No, fuck well, her. no. I mean, in, in Sid, you know, whatever. When you're detoxed, you automatically... You go get here when you've been detoxed or whatever... You want to start back with as much as you were doing to begin with. You do. Because yes, otherwise it's like, that's yes. bullshit. No, that's not going to get me fucked up at all. Yeah. So you don't want, you want to get fucked up. No, of course. And so many people die that way. Yeah. However. However, their fucking mother isn't the one holding them. their stash. Right. And Peter said, I gave it to, I, it, he looks like he's telling the truth to me because I watched on interviews, more than mm-hmm. one interview, mind mm-hmm. you. And his, his story never changes but it's not exact you know it's not word for word so it's not like he's rehearsed it yeah and he said i already feel bad about getting him the shit and he said the next day i was i called that lady again i could never find her he never saw the lady that sold him that stuff again ever really yep huh and so as far as nancy's death goes i watched a lot of interviews in a movie and documentary and some people say that you know how they said nancy would go and just slit her wrist and then go cook dinner yeah 
they said that she would do that sometimes to get Sid's attention. Like if he was nodding out, mm-hmm. she would cut her wrist to get his attention to come help her. And they, a couple of them wondered if she didn't stab herself with his knife and think he was going to get up and come help her, but he was and literally he was unable trash. to. So that would be the reason it took her three hours to bleed out and die. She was waiting for him to get up and come help her. And maybe she was fucked up too. Oh, I'm sure she was. And she sounds just selfish enough to do something dumb like that. Yeah. With Sid, okay, the thing with Sid is... But they never ever, because he died, mm-hmm. and that was their um, that was their one suspect, as far as they were concerned, his case closed. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. The thing, okay, the thing with Sid that I just cannot... His, and I don't know if it was his mom being like, I couldn't see him go through that again. Right, Rikers and going yeah. detox and, yeah. And being raped and right. beaten. Right, right. Now, I can understand that. But I don't know a mother on the planet that would say, no, do not take him to the hospital. Right. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. Like, I understand there's worse things than None death. of his friends liked his mom because of the way she was. I mean, she... Oh, and apparently, so Nancy was a prostitute, right? Yeah. Sid lost his virginity to her. So could you imagine how well, uh, connected they were, codependent yeah. on one another? Yeah. But I don't see I don't see him killing himself. He's just got out. Yeah. Fresh start. And I don't see him being like, we had a pact. You've got a new girlfriend. Right, right. I don't see that happening. Right. And a pact, I mean, a pact. A pact? How many, what was it? Like, at least a couple years later, isn't it? No, it's just a few months later. Really? Damn. But also new girlfriend. Yeah. Come she on. She died man. on October the 12th, and this was February the 1st. Damn. You got anything else? No, I think that's about it. But God, I just damn. thought it was really, really That was really like two. Interesting. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't, I really don't think he killed her. But No, I don't think so either. I don't think he would, I think, I think it, what happened is exactly what he said. Yeah. He didn't remember. Right. And he was just trying to fill in the blanks and felt responsible. So I yeah. think that's why he said, I killed her, I didn't mean to. Or the cops were probably pumping him and put stories in his head. True. If you don't remember and someone tells you a million times what happened, yeah. you will form a memory. Right. Especially if you're, I don't know, say coming off a dope and dope sick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But his friends. And obviously if, they didn't have enough to get him or they would have got him. For right. They would have. Yeah. They would have arrested him for already, that. Yeah. And used that partial confession. And he had a lawyer that said that he could get him off. But they said Sid was terrified that that was just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But this guy was really good. And I don't think they could have charged him with all the people that were in and out. of. The, and do you know, they never interviewed anybody. Was at the party that night? The cops. Wow. And his, as far as his mom goes, I found some and quotes from New his York? friends. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus In Christ. 1979. Um, so one of Sin's friends or whatever really liked that really liked Sid or whatever said this of his mom. He, I was like, oh, all right. Now I understand why Sid is the way he is when he finally met Anne. And he said they could do whatever drugs they wanted to right in front of her. And it was always said of the heartbreakers. Oh, they always said the heartbreakers brought heroin into London. I've already covered that. Um, and they said that um, someone said that Sid Vicious was the most amazing name in punk rock. Period. Which I agree, Sid Vicious, yeah. great punk name. Yeah, you great don't remember name. what was it? What was the other one? Riot. Johnny Rotten. Johnny Rotten. You don't fucking remember that. No. But anyway, yeah, that's all I've got. So I just feel really bad for Sid. I feel like 
And I feel like Nancy killed him, to be quite honest with you. Oh, definitely. I mean, any whoever introduces you to heroin did that. They right. did that to you. And who would really want that for somebody they loved if they knew what was going on, how it was really? Yeah. Because it's a goddamn nightmare. Mm. I just Googled them and I'm looking at them. Yeah, I mean, she he just was looks one- like an annoying bitch. Oh, yeah. She actually looks a little bit like Lady Gaga. She kind of does mix with Courtney Love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's just ugly as fuck, but... And they said when she walked in a room, everybody just kind of cringed. Like, who is that loud like American she could, idiot? She could easily be a guy with a wig. Yeah, most definitely. Like, I mean, look. Oh, I know. Oh, God, yeah, I've got this one over here, too. Uh, that, one's, uh, that one's better. Yeah. She looks a little Jewish. Not that She is Jewish, I'm sorry. She's oh, Jewish, shit. Yeah. Okay. Her family was Jewish. Not saying Jews look like So men. she's pretty much waspy. She's, you know... She's, she's got, a Jewish, come from a you know a nice family. I mean, she's she born looks, in Philadelphia. Yeah, she's pretty classic. Uh, yeah, not to be offensive, but yeah, you know. yeah, not at all. But you know, I mean, I just looked at a picture. And I was like, hey, she looks Jewish, you know. So you yeah. can kind of fill in the gaps there, people. Yeah. Um, and I had just, I had forgotten to mention that one little part. She was Jewish. He looks younger than her. It's because she had way hard, well, he had a pretty hard life, but she was on heroin. What did they say? Thirteen rode hard and put up wet, as it were. Mm, yeah, yeah. Try, she's got her legs wide open, sitting on a yeah. sofa with a skirt on. <sighs> Ugh. Well, good. Well, guys, thanks for sticking through this. Really, actually, this is a big bummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no kids died and no one was raped, murdered, but. It was, it's sad to people, you know, life's hard. And when you're young, it feels like the end all yeah, the time. Yeah, everything feels like the end of the world. And it just, you keep making bad decisions and then you're stuck in Rikers Island. Guys, don't, don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, for the love of God. And don't do prostitutes because clearly that's not a good idea. <laughs> don't um, be a prostitute. Oh, no, or, um, you know, be or be a prostitute. I don't know. You know, you're a woman. You make your own decisions. Anyways, um, so thanks, guys. Um, like, subscribe, comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope you enjoyed your sales, motherfuckers. Yep, yep. See you next time. <laughs>